to Bible Centered with Victor Jackson. I'm so glad that you joined us today, and I am so excited to get into the Word of God uh, with each and um, every one of you. I'm so thankful for the hunger of God uh, that has been uh, reflected um, on um, this podcast. Uh, thank you for your feedback. Uh, thank you for your prayers as far as me being sick. Um, this is just a part of the price, guys. I, um, um, I, I, I get sick about once a year, and um, it, there's always a price to be paid uh, when you're doing the work of the kingdom and you're making progress and you're helping people. This is just a part of the cost. I welcome it. Uh, this, this stuff has happened to me uh, once a year for, you know, the past 15 years. This is just kind of how it works. God, um, uh, in a sense, shuts me down, uh, make sure I get instructions from him and uh, seek after him. And uh, God, um, God, God just does his thing. Um, I'm excited to be in Matthew chapter 11. Thank you for being on this journey with us. Um, I, I'm excited because, you know, there's been times that I've done these recordings at midnight, at 11, at 10, at 3 in the morning, at, at 2 in the morning, at 5 in the morning. Uh, it's going at different times, but I'm excited to uh, get ahead and um, and and I'm just excited about the Word of God. My daughter is coming in a few weeks. Uh, she's going to be born in a few weeks. I'm excited about that. Thank you for your prayers. Uh, love each and every one of you. Uh, you're going to see over the next few weeks our podcast get better and better. Um, just in a transition period right now. Um. Matthew chapter 11 and verse 20. Then he began to denounce the cities where most of his mighty works had been done because they did not repent. Woe unto you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I tell you, it would be more bearable in the day of judgment for Tyre and Sidon than for you. And you, Capernaum, will be exalted to heaven. You will be brought down to Hades. For if the mighty works done in you had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I tell you that it will be more tolerable in the day of judgment for the land of Sodom than for you. At that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden 
is light. Um, Matthew is persuading the Jews that Jesus is the Christ. Not only that he is the Christ, but he is the Savior of the world, not just to an exclusive people group, but he is the Savior of the world. Matthew starts his gospel convincing the people that reminding them that Gentiles are in the lineage of kings from Rahab, from Jericho, to Tamar, the Canaanite, to Bathsheba, the Hittite, to Ruth, the Moabite. Gentiles were always a part of the plan. Uh, he's showing how the, the Jews' close proximity uh, to Jesus caused them to miss out on Jesus. That the closeness breeds, the closeness and proximity breeds blindness. And we talked about it last, uh, the other day about earlier in Matthew 11, when it says that he says, listen, John came singing a sad tune and you wouldn't repent. Now I come singing with joy and you won't rejoice. So he's saying that no matter what we do, you won't receive it. Why? Because that is a heart issue. That's not a kingdom issue. That's not a spirit issue. That's not a Messiah issue. That's not a message issue. That is a heart issue. He said, John came with conviction and you said, and he wasn't eating and you said he has a devil. The son of man comes eating and drinking. And you say, wow, this guy's a glutton and he's a wine bibber. And he says, listen, no matter how we have come to you, you, you don't want to listen to the messages because your, your heart, it, it's a heart issue. And that's what he's dealing with. This is what Matthew is showing is that no matter how perfect the Messiah was, no matter how many scriptures he fulfilled, that it would never be good enough for the Jews because it was more of a heart issue than a kingdom issue. Even to the end when Jesus is on, on the cross, they say, if you be the son of God, come off the cross. If you come off the cross, we'll believe. Well, that's not true because it's a heart issue. Even later when they heard that the tomb uh, was, was empty, they, they found a way to lie and say that, you know, the disciples stole the body. And it is because um, it was a heart issue. And Matthew is highlighting this. Verse 20 of Matthew 11. Then began he to abrade the cities wherein most of his mighty works were done because they repented not. Woe unto thee, Chorazin, woe unto thee, Bethsaida, for if the mighty works which were done in you have been done in Tyre and Sidon, 
they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the day of judgment than for you. Now, the first thing that we have to get is that he is rebuking these cities where his mighty works were done because they repented not. So let's dwell there. Uh, you, you are seeing the, the purpose of miracles. Um, uh, miracles are, God uses miracles to reveal himself and reveal his nature, but not just for the sake of doing miracles, but to make you turn away from your sins and turn to him. That is the whole purpose of miracles. The whole purpose of miracles is to come into relationship with Jesus Christ. It is to reveal himself. And, and so that men and women may come into relationship. It's the entire purpose of miracles. It is to cause you to repent and turn to him. That is what the whole purpose of miracles are. For people to come to Jesus. And, and he's saying, listen, I'm doing all these mighty works, not just to do them, not just to heal people, but for you to recognize that Jehovah is walking among you. And for you to come into relationship, but the problem was they kept the miracles, but they, but they, but they rejected the relationship. How many of us are guilty of that? We'll take the miracles of what he does in our job and in our family and in our career and the healing in our body. Uh, but when it comes to relationship, we'll, we'll put that on pause. We're desperate for miracles, but we are dragging our feet when it comes to relationship. And the problem was Jesus was doing all of these mighty works and the crowds were intensifying. But the problem was they were not coming into relationship. They repented not. Somewhere there was supposed to be repentance that was provoked. Where the people turned to him. Repentance is saying, God, I'm sorry for my sins. I turn away from my sins and I turn to you. Repentance is more than just stopping the habit or stopping the habits of sin. You see, there's some people that stop smoking uh, uh, and they have turned to the gym. There's some people that have stopped drinking and, and have turned to uh, a positive friendship or a positive relationship. Now, they stop the habit of sinning. They stop the behavior of sin. But they haven't repented because repentance takes turning to the Lord. You see, it's not enough to stop the behaviors of sin. It's about coming to Christ as the source of eradicating sin. See, God doesn't just, God doesn't want us to manage our sin. He wants to wash us and cleanse us from sin. And only God can do that. 
You can find temporary solace in friendships and relationships and in behavior modification, but only through Jesus Christ can there be heart transformation. And the issue was Jesus is doing all of these miracles, but they're not believing in him. They aren't repenting. Later in John, he would say, listen, if you can't believe me, believe. If you don't believe the words I say, believe me for the work's sake, because I'm doing the works so that you might get revelation that God is walking among you right now. That God is walking among you right now. And he's doing all of these works, but they're not coming into relationship. And the only reason that Jesus does miracles is so that we might come into relationship with him. The more he did miracles, the more he revealed his nature of who he was. When he rebuked the, the winds in the sea, they said, what manner of man is this that the seas and the winds obey him? They got a glimpse. When, when, they, when they saw him heal the leper, they, they realized that something was different about him. Every time he did a miracle, it was to reveal aspects of him. It was, it was to reveal his nature, that he is God, that he is. In the Old Testament, he revealed aspects of himself. But in the New Testament, Jesus is the express image of the invisible God, according to the word of God. He says, woe unto you, Chorazin, woe unto you, Bethsaida, for the mighty works which were done in you, if they had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. Now, Tyre and Sidon is a very you know, popular historical city. Uh, the Jews were really hated this city. All the prophets prophesied against these cities because Jezebel was from Tyre and Sidon. Jezebel's father was king over Tyre and Sidon uh, for a time. Now, as things were getting closer to this day and age in which Matthew is writing and which Jesus is walking among the people, they, they, these tier, people from Tyre and Sidon, they were known as masterful merchants. Uh, they were known for, for selling a, a valuable uh, purple coloring uh, that they would extract from the glands of sea mollusk. And so uh, they called them Phoenicians. Um, Tyre and Sidon were independent city-states. Uh, and the, the, in this Phoenician society. They were very known as, a, as really a threat to Rome at one point because Hannibal, once, which was one of the greatest generals uh, who rivals Julius Caesar and Alexander the Great because uh, Hannibal was, was from this area. Um, he, was, he was from this area of Phoenicia, Tyre and Sidon and Carthage. And the Romans feared Hannibal because Hannibal took thousands of troops, uh, maybe anywhere from 50 to 80,000 troops. He brought them across the Alps in the snow with elephants to go and attack Rome. Rome was afraid of this society. 
They were masterful merchants. They, they always hired out their army. They, they did not raise up their own army. They always paid off another army uh, to protect them. And, and they were some of the most renowned traders in the world. Uh, they were they were innovative, um, but they they were antagonists to the children of Israel, and the prophets prophesied that judgment was coming on Tyre and Sidon. Um, but everyone knew that judgment was coming on Tyre and Sidon, but. Jesus now says, listen, I did so many works in you. He said, Tyre and Sidon would have repented if they'd have seen these miracles. Because the greater revelation you have, there's the greater responsibility. The closer you get to Jesus, the more uh, accountability you have. And the issue was, they're seeing what Tyre and Sidon never seen. And you think Tyre and Sidon is sinful. But you're seeing God in the flesh do miracles among you. You know, um, that's sinful. And the whole purpose he's doing the works is to come into relationship. How, how many of us are, you know, want the miracles but don't want the relationship? We want God to do it in our church, in our, in our family, uh, with our kids, with our job, we want God to do all this stuff, miracles, but unwilling to come into his presence, unwilling to come and to spend time with him in relationship. Isn't, isn't, isn't that amazing? He said, listen, these were, this was a bad city. Tyre and Sidon, you know they prophesied judgment. You know that Jezebel come, came from there. But he said, they would have repented long ago if they saw what you're seeing. Jesus is highlighting the callousness of those in Chorazin and Bethsaida. Even compared to Tyre and Sidon. Tyre and Sidon, with all their sinfulness, is better off because they did not see Jesus operate in this capacity. But the only reason that he does miracles is to give birth to revelation. And thou, Capernaum, which art exalted to, into heaven, shall be brought down to hell for if the mighty works which have been done in thee had been done in Sodom, it would have remained unto this day. But I say to you that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for thee. Now, now look what Matthew is doing. He's using two, uh, three major sinful cities in the Jewish mind, Tyre and Sidon and Capernaum. Uh, I'm, I apologize, not Capernaum, Tyre and Sidon and Sodom. He's using these three most terrible cities and saying they are more better off than you are because you still haven't repented. And if they saw me and what I was doing, they'd have repented a long time ago. And so Jesus is exposing the callousness of their hearts. Matthew is highlighting the callousness 
of the Jewish hearts to Jesus' presence. And this is a heart issue. At the time, Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hid these things from the wise and prudent and has revealed them unto babes. Now, that, now that's, that's powerful. Because he's saying that, listen, you can't get into this kingdom through your intellect or through your wisdom. Uh, this isn't Gnosticism. This isn't some self-knowledge or self-enlightenment. He said, you only get into the kingdom by revelation. My word. He said, he said, God has revealed them unto babes. See, God cannot be uh, found by our intellect or our ability or our wisdom or our understanding or our education. God can only be revealed. He reveals to who he chooses. And there is a God factor in relationship. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. All, all things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son but the Father, neither, neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son, and to he to whom for whosoever the Son will reveal him. Now, now what, what's happening here is the revelation of God is Jesus. He is the express image of the invisible God. So God is, is revealed just for his good pleasure. No one can force God into revealing himself. He just does it in his own good pleasure. And the fishermen are, are getting revelation while the Pharisees are trying to kill him. The fishermen and the tax collector, these are babes. But they have a greater glimpse of the kingdom than the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes. Because the kingdom is revealed. So he said, look, you've hidden it from the wise and prudent. Those that are doing all the study and all these things necessary, but they're still not coming to the right conclusion. They're still not coming into relationship. But he said, you've revealed them unto babes. You're revealing this to fishermen and tax collectors and zealots and, and, and uneducated people. God is revealing the mysteries of the kingdom to them. So profound. And the responsibility of uh, Jesus Christ robed in flesh, it is to reveal God's will and God's plan. And so we have to understand that we can only come to God by revelation. Now, in the Old Testament, you know, what we have to understand is that when God created the heavens and the earth, the Bible says that the heavens declare the glory of God. What, what, what this means is that God has put things in nature to give you general revelation of who he is. The Bible says in Romans 1 that the Godhead is plainly seen by nature. God has put things in the systems of the world to make man look up and to understand that there is a creator that made all of this. This is what you call general revelation. 
God is not his creation, but he uses his creation to give you a, a general revelation that, that something created this, that there is a mind that created this. So everyone was, everyone, no, no one in this world, God has put everything in this world to help people get to him by general revelation. They can look at a rock and look at the trees and look at the oceans and look at how all of this creation that God has made, we can see that there was a creator behind it. That's what you call general revelation. Now, special revelation is whenever not you're coming to getting an understanding that there's a creator because of what you see in nature or in his creation. But, but special revelation is when God speaks to Abraham and said, I am Jehovah Jireh. That is God revealing an attribute to him. When he reveals himself as Jehovah Nisi, when he reveals himself as Jehovah Sikhanu, Jehovah Ra, Jehovah Shalom, that is special revelation because that is God speaking and giving special revelation. See, general revelation isn't sufficient to save you. You can only be saved by the fullness of revelation, and that is Jesus Christ, where it says, in him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That all the names and attributes of the Old Testament are combined and culminated in that one name, Jesus Christ. Jesus is the revelation of God. When you looked at Jesus, you were looking at God. And so when it says great is the mystery of God and as God was manifest in the flesh, the word manifested literally means to be to be grasped or to be tangible, to be felt. Je Jesus was God being felt. Are you getting it? Well, when they touched the flesh of Jesus, they were touching God. That is the revelation that Jesus is the fullness of the revelation of God. And he chooses to reveal. You can't come to him by your intellect or, or ability. You can only come to him by what he reveals. And that is just so powerful. Everyone's on equal standing because God has to reveal himself. He says, come unto me all that you that are labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. You shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So everything that Jesus has done is to provoke revelation that he's God. Everything that he's done is for them to get an understanding that he's God, for them to repent and understand that he's God and that, and that he wants more. He, after he reveals, he reveals because he wants relationship. And then it, it says 
it says that when you take his yoke, that, that he'll give you rest. See, see, rest is obedience. Rest is more than ceasing from work. It's being refreshed by your obedience to God. It's a yoke, but the burden is light because you're, you're, you're operating from a place of obedience where you're being refreshed in, refreshed in your obedience. And, and, and what Matthew is doing here is showing the contrast between Jesus and the Pharisees. They, they bind, bind people with heavy burdens. But Jesus is saying, listen, just take my yoke upon you and learn of me. I'll give you rest for your souls. Everything was about revelation, relationship, and rest. And, 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 and it's beautiful. Is beautiful. Matthew is setting the case because he's setting the stage because the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes, they are intensifying their persecution on him. And this persecution is going to increase because of his popularity. And Matthew is leading into that because uh, in he, Matthew chapter 12, which we're going to discuss uh, tomorrow morning, is um, he starts getting into the traditions of the Sabbath. One thing we have to understand is that everything in our life it, it, God is trying to use it to lead us to him. That, that, that God is trying to lead us uh, to him. That is more, if he answered, a, if he opened a door for you, if he answered a prayer, the whole purpose is that you might see him. that you might discover him, that you might get revelation about him. And, and, and the, they got to see all of these miracles, but they weren't coming into relationship. And a miracle is incomplete if you don't come into relationship. The whole purpose of a miracle is to come into relationship with Jesus. And if you take the miracle, but you don't come into relationship, the, your miracle is incomplete because the miracle is complete when you come in contact, when you come in relationship with the creator. You get the opportunity to talk, to spend time with the creator of the universe, the creator of the world, the creator of all things. That's the miracle. We get to see him. We get to know him. 
and I'm I'm excited. I'm going to start reading more uh, of the chapters. Um, Matthew 12 is a little bit longer. Uh, I'm going to try to read more verses for you. Uh, thank you for tuning in. If you have any questions, reach out. Um, we just wrapped up Matthew 11. Uh, just showing that, you know, if you come under his yoke, you're going to rest. If you go into the Pharaoh's, the Pharisees yoke, you know, you're going to have a lot of questions and they're going to sow seeds of doubt and, and, um, um, that there, there is, they're, they're, they're going to, you know, they, they are, they are corrupting, they're corrupting the Torah. They're corrupting the word. And Jesus stands in sharp contrast to that. And so I pray that uh, this is a this is a blessing. Matthew is uh, presenting the difference between Jesus and um, um, the other uh, the Pharisees, the Sadducees and the scribes and showing that superiority because the Jews during the time that Matthew is writing is still trusting in in these people. Um, but he's saying in Jesus is all the fulfillment that you need. And so I'm excited to get into this tomorrow. Leave a comment. Give me some feedback. I pray it's been a blessing.